at least toward the beginning, the stakes are like $1 million. And I was thinking in my head after talking to investors and stuff like that, like a million is not that much money. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is review number 349 with our review of Focus. I'm Christopher Schneezy. I'm Carson Patrick. And I'm Stephen Miller. And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week on the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest film releases coming to a theater near you. This week, we are talking about Focus. Uh, how you doing today, Carson? Oh, that's right. Carson's not here today. We tricked you guys. We conned you with our mad con artist skills. We misdirected you. That's why you got to focus. Your eyes were on us. Carson was way off in Irvine. Yep. Totally out of here. I I put my hand on your thigh and it makes you think about your shoulder and then you don't know what I'm going to steal. You've always been an easy, what is the word? An easy let? An easy get? Mark? I don't think I don't think it's Mark. There's a word she uses for for a while. I thought she was saying like an easy lay, but that's not what she's saying. <laughs> that's a different movie. Yeah. Yeah. No. It, well, I, well, Mark is like a person that you're running the entire con on. Are you talking about just like when you lift something off somebody? Like an easy lift. Yeah, that's what it is. Okay. Yes. Yoink, yoinking some something from somebody's person. Yeah, they needed more automatopias like that. You've always been an easy yoink. <laughs> That, that's my preferred uh, uh, nomenclature for jacking something from somebody. Yeah, better than jacking, for sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, th- this movie could have used a little more lighthearted noises like that. <laughs> could have used a little more yoink and a little less jacking. Yeah, too much jack, not enough yoink. A L- little less apple teenies. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so, so what do you, like, for me... I just saw the trailer for this film the first time, like, a few weeks back, and uh, this hasn't really, like, I didn't even know it was coming out this week when <laughs> when Carson was like, so we doing Focus this week? Mm-hmm. Um, so, do, like, what, what has been your, um, <laughs> what has been your perception of this film, Focus? Yeah, I mean, I first, uh, it first came into Focus about a month or two ago. Uh, I, I remember seeing the trailer occasionally, like, the name never stood out at me, so I just knew there is a Will Smith thing coming out at some point. <laughs> um, and my recollection is that they did a good job with the trailer, like stylizing it, making it seem like it'd be a fun, kind of like Ocean's Eleven-y type movie where like you're watching a big, uh, watching the big con develop and people, you know, walking around set to music confidently wearing suits and stuff i don't know <laughs> little, little slow motion walking yeah exactly it seemed like it had that kind of fun which I, I mean i love those kind of movies like i have so much fun with them even if i think movies like the italian job or something haven't aged that well they they are always fun to watch for me i mean i just know the moment it starts that i'm gonna sit in for two hours and watch crazy shit happen yeah like, um, like a classic heist film where a crew of people are going to get together like like scout out a job plan it uh get ready for it do it something's going to go wrong and then they're gonna have to run and then one of their people is going to be like in on the deal or some sort of like uh whatever the word is uh what's the other not, not backstab but double cross double cross double cross yeah yeah so i i I eat that shit up. I, I don't necessarily watch a trailer about it and think this movie will be great, but it's one of those things that I'm pretty confident I'm not going to be pissed off that I had to sit through. Yeah. Unlike unless they really falter. So it was on my radar. Um, and then in the last week, I saw people starting to tweet about like getting ready to review Focus, getting ready to watch Focus, and I was thinking like, what is Focus? This movie that we're all going to do. And then I saw the trailer and it was like, oh yeah, Will Smith should be should be okay yeah hopefully it's better than uh uh after earth (laughs) was that your thought (laughs) yeah (laughs) well he can only go up from that yeah first thought was i hope this is better than after earth second thought was his damn son better not be in this damn movie (laughs) even if it isn't good he'll redeem himself next week with the pursuit of chappiness (laughs) (laughs) is that the joke you were waiting for that's the joke i was waiting for (laughs) worth it (laughs) totally worth it (laughs) Uh, Jaden Smith actually is inside the robot in that movie. <laughs> uh, 
Oh, that is awesome. Um, I I appreciate it. you get you get a clap, clap emoji or something from me. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I don't know where to go from there. Nope. That that was all I had. Pursuit of happiness. We will see you guys next week. I'll try to use the joke again next week too for the chappy people. You're like, this movie really needed a Will Smith in here. Yeah. <laughs> and you're going to need to pretend to laugh all over again. Well, I assume there'll, there'll be a scene where uh, Chappie is sitting on a bathroom floor holding his foot up against the door trying to stop somebody from getting in while he like nestles his baby robot underneath his arm. <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think I saw it in the trailer, actually. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, uh, so yeah, focus. Um <laughs> yeah should we just get into this episode yeah we might as well all right well uh we're gonna take a second to compose ourselves while you focus on the trailer and then we will be right back so what now can i walk you somewhere i'm staying here upstairs oh really oh my god it's my husband whoa whoa, whoa, whoa. give me one reason why i shouldn't do it I'm drawing a blank. What? He's on to us. First of all, you gotta wait till she gets my pants off. And then you gotta give me a chance to run. That's how you get the money. Never drop the con. Die with the lie. And why'd you come up here? Professional curiosity. And I like boobs. You know, I figured it was a win-win. You've been in this game for a really long time. I had what I needed. And then the girl walked in. I put a spell on you. I know you're doing something big. I want in. Can we skip the part where I lead you to believe there's some earth-shattering hump in the works? There's no earth-shattering hump in the works? No. I don't even get thinly veiled allure. No. That's all my favorite shit. I'm sorry. I can't stand it. So what about the big con? You mean the one where we make so much money we all retire? You see, there's a science to getting people to trust you. Do we have a deal? Yes, we have a deal. You know, maybe the roof is talking, but this was really fun. You better stop the things you do. It's all about emotion, connection. What makes you think you can trust her? I can't lie. There's no room for heart in this game. It'll get you killed. This place. This is a man's world. Are you working an angle? I wouldn't trust him if I were you. But I should trust you. This is a man's world. You got a problem. I am going to kill you. Kill me later. But it wouldn't be nothing. You lost everyone's money. My money. Wow. Wow. Without a woman on. This is your mess. I think you're losing it. Whoa, whoa. I cannot believe you lied to me. You can't believe I lied? Can't believe. Oh, that's so rich for me. That's what you want to say to me? Yeah, because you're always lying, Nikki. And now we're dead. At the end of the day, this is a game of focus. It's very confusing, isn't it? That's what you get when you hire a con man. I still got it. <laughs> All right, so that was the trailer for Focus. We have uh, a ring of uh, con people who are running some big cons. And uh, yeah, what, what more do you need to know than that? Will Smith, con artist, really good at his job. And uh, conning ensues. So, Stephen, why don't you start us off and uh, let you know or let us know what you thought about this film? Uh, so, in general, I'd say I'm pro con people. Uh, I, I think like it's a, a cool conceit. I, I haven't written these down. I'm sorry. I'll, I'll just stick with what I know. Um, so, so like I mentioned, movies like this, in general, odds are they're not going to let me down. Like it, it's a simple construct. <laughs> Um, so, so you know what's going to happen. Typically, you know there's going to be a big setup. There will be a minor one first to kind of show you how the game works. And then there will be the big fish that's going to be the majority of the movie. And it's going to set you up to believe one thing and then counter it towards the end with another double cross. And you're like, oh, my God, this is wonderful. Like, I didn't see it coming. Yeah. Um, and this movie is not framed that way for the most part. Um, and what I mean by that is there's something about this movie where the beats of it, like it will go on for a while and I will watch it thinking, Oh, I know what they're doing. They're doing this kind of cliched thing. And then a reveal will come that makes me go, Oh wow. They, they thought this through. Like they actually surprised me, but it still doesn't, it still doesn't have that arc of setting up like 
the grand con that will be executed. I, I feel like there are long stretches of the movie where I kind of forget what the premise is or why we're watching it. Yeah. Um, with that said, like, so I thought it was weirdly paced, but in general, while not great, it was quite a bit better than I expected given, like, a random Will Smith movie that was coming out. Um, <laughs> Like, with those long stretches, a great example, there's a scene at the Super Bowl, uh, which I don't need to spoil, but for about 10 minutes, that scene was playing on, and I was like, oh, I can't believe they're doing this. Jesus, this is such a stupid movie. Why are they making Will Smith behave this way? And then all of a sudden, there's a payoff where maybe on script, that payoff wouldn't have been amazing, but in that moment with me totally not vibing with the movie, and then I was like that was pretty cool. Like, like there were a few moments of that where I actually was genuinely impressed with what the film had led me to believe versus what the film winded up executing. Yeah. Um, so that unevenness, I feel like gets worse as the movie goes on. Uh, so there is the, the minor con and then the big con sort of, and the bulk of the movie takes place while Will Smith is doing this second job. And that part it really felt like it It didn't quite care about that whole subplot. Like it wasn't building it up to be a thing where I was thinking, okay, how's he going to make it through this plan? Oh no, something went wrong. How's he going to recover? It more just felt like, like an hour long series of watching Will Smith interact uh, with Margot Robbie. And then something is happening in the background. Uh, and, and so with stuff like that, they still pull it off with a few clever twists that, make me be kind of vibing with the movie but they didn't they didn't set it up like they're spiking the ball but they didn't serve it to me first like i wasn't i wasn't needing a twist because that wasn't really the point of the movie yeah um so i don't know like it it impressed me somewhat frequently it made me laugh moderately frequently and it had some pretty cool style to execute but then it was also like just a kind of oddly paced and oddly structured movie uh so I liked it for the swagger. I was a little unimpressed by the way that it tried to keep the pace up and the way that it actually told that story. What did you think, Chris? Yeah, um, I, I I actually like this film quite a bit. Um, I like like I said at the beginning of this the show, I didn't really know much about it. Like I had seen the trailer, but even the trailer didn't complete me completely sell me on everything. Um, and even though in the trailer you do kind of see the fact that this isn't just Will Smith, it's like this ring of con artists who all work together. Um, I I kind of didn't, like, even, even though it's shown in the trailer, I didn't really think about that in context. And when, when you get into the film, like, I, I really liked the, I, I guess you could call it wor- world building in this story, just because, like, it, it really gave me, uh, <laughs> it gave me a very frightening sense of the world that we live in (laughs) Um, i mean i'm sure everything is heightened for this film but like i've i've had people try to i've I've had a guy try to steal my bag at an airport like do the thing where you sit down next to somebody and start like sliding your bag towards theirs until you get to the point where you can leave and take their bag instead of your bag um so i've i've been in like i've never had a wallet stolen or anything like that but I've, i've had situations where like some shifty dude was trying to do something and i noticed it and then didn't allow it to happen but like in the context of this film, it's not, you, there's never one guy, it's never like a team of two where one person's distracting you. It's like a ring of people, like the entire room you're sitting in is all in on this thing. And the world is out to get you, basically. <laughs> this is the, this is the con artist equivalent of like contagion, or when you like, you leave contagion and you, you know, you don't want to touch a rail or a door or anything. Like you just want to Purell the world and stay away from it. Like I, I like, 30 minutes into focus i was like dear god i should take my wallet and move it from like my right pocket to my left pocket since the left pocket is usually the one that has like some sort of button or something on it um Mm -hmm. and i just felt and i realized that my jeans don't have a button in the left pocket um but my old pants that i used to wear (laughs) did anyways that's if anyone wants to pickpocket from chris now you know exactly where to reach both my pockets are fair game (laughs) Uh, i mean i keep my wallet in my front pocket (laughs) anyways um but uh yeah like so so there's there's that aspect that i thought was uh really really fun about the story um 
I thought that all of the characters had like amazing chemistry together. <laughs> like they were, they were all really okay. We'll get into you, that you, in a second. You, okay, yeah, we'll, we'll have we'll have this. Con- I'll 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 table that for now, and I'll come back to it uh, uh, later. Um, but I, I think uh, I think this film, like y- you, sort of praised it in a way for its sort of sidestepping some of the cliches. But but my for me the the greatest weakness of the film is that. This isn't a film where you're struggling to figure out which what is what is truth, what is a lie, what is the con, what is reality. This is a film where like literally every moment of it is sort of a lie in some way. Um, mm-hmm. And I I think that like there that is maybe not the most successful way to handle this type of story because like I got I got lie fatigue during the course of the film. Um, yeah. There I actually want to have a, a really short spoiler segment at the end to talk about specifically. Um, the the i guess you can call it the climax of 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 the film um mm-hmm. because there are um the context for which things are playing out like the film characters are saying one thing and um whether or not that thing is true i don't know what the film is trying to communicate because what so there, there there's what's being said there's what the characters listening to it could interpret that to mean there's what those words what bearing they might might or might not have on the story as a whole. And then there's like something else about it too, where, where it's like, it's, I could like, whether or not the words are true has no bearing on the outcome of that scene. So why, why are we sitting in that scene? Like, did yeah. You- and, and I think that that's part of what I was getting to is it, it had clever twists and it was kind of written in such a way that, I couldn't predict what was going to happen with the exception of like one of the very final reveals was pretty easy to predict once a certain thing happens. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, I couldn't predict it, but a lot of the things that it was being unpredictable with were kind of inconsequential to the story that they had set up. Yeah. Or yeah. at least it was not like the focus of the story. <laughs> True. That was unintentional. <laughs> Is that what you paused afterwards? Oh, I, I had to pause to recognize the, oh, okay. the unintentional uh anyways <clears throat> but yeah yeah so it, it for me like it, it it's weird because it, it, it sort of it literally uh blurs that line between like uh a clever decision to go down and or also like a, a negative like it, it's i can't tell whether it helped or hindered my appreciation for it. I, I i just feel like at some point like i <laughs> I I, I kind of got wrapped up in the uh the, the story between our two leads like but like that story doesn't really have any true consequence in the narrative of the cons that are being laid out even though theoretically those characters do care about it, <laughs> mm-hmm. it so it's hard for me to like it's hard for me to invest in the outcomes of characters when like those characters may or not be invested in those outcomes themselves <laughs> yeah i don't know it's 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 hard, hard hard for me to figure out how to say it without like specifically going into that scene in detail which we can do at the end but um but yeah in, in general though i i really liked it i i think the you were talking about the pacing being a little weird and in a way i kind of liked it uh because it, it felt very episodic to me like there's like it, instead of being just that there were like a literal three acts, there were sort of like three jobs that were actually separated by spans of time. Mm-hmm. And it's like, this is this is the first section where we're literally doing this one thing. Now we're just going to smash cut to a time in the future and we can catch up with those characters in a moment. But here is what the current play is. And then there, then like more stuff gets tacked up on top of that. And then we watch sort of the end of the film. And I think that... Uh, I mean, I could see how that would be a weird pace, but for me, for some reason, it just really, really worked. It was kind of like each, uh, especially that that first job that they do. Like, I if if the movie would end, if it was just a short film, I, I would have been like super stoked on on it. I would have been like, this this was awesome. Like, I love oh, this. Totally, that that was a very well done intro. Yeah, fully like, on board. Just like every one of those scenes uh, was was really great. And then we get into the second part. And I'm like, okay, so now. Now I'm thinking about it. Okay, so this is three years later or whatever it is. Um, we're, we're watching this thing. Um, I'm taking in context clips I've seen in the trailer. And then I'm thinking about those scenes in the how do we get to this this point in time. I'm thinking about the normal tropes. And as you said, like it doesn't quite follow that path to arrive at those locations. So um, 
uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Like I, I, I definitely celebrate it for it being different. And, um, really, I guess my only complaint is what, what I said is just that not sticking or, or not spending time to make me care whether things are a lie and instead just kind of making everything a lie. Yeah. Uh, so. so I think to, to go back to the trailer in particular, my recollection when watching it was that it was setting up a movie where the con men, they get in over their heads and there's some rock bottom that they hit, like something where everyone is in danger and they need to escape. Yeah. Um, and if you were to characterize this movie, that, that, uh, that valley where things get bad spans roughly like seven minutes at the end of the movie <laughs> like it does not have the normal arc where like things get really bad and they need to dig themselves out of it slowly yeah like the climax comes right after you are shown something negative happening and leading up to it is all kind of a i guess it hinges a lot on how you feel about the chemistry between the characters because the hour preceding that is mostly an internal thing for for Will Smith's character and the growth of various characters and not so much the risk of getting caught or the risk of being under threat of violence or things like that. Yeah, and it, it sounds like I hear a segue coming. So before before you jump to that conversation, I will just say that uh, I entered this film the same, like basically the setup you were talking about. And um, the, the scene that you already brought up, which I might edit down a little bit of what you said, um, just for to clean that up for people who haven't seen the film yet. Sure. Um, but I think that film felt, or that that scene that you referenced felt like the setup for the story that we were expecting in this film. Like that seemed like the moment in which all of the shenanigans will right. be spawned apart. You, you can apart see from. the whole film playing out after that in your head. Of okay, this is going to lead to that rock bottom, and this is how he's going to dig it. You you can see them tricking you into believing you're about to watch a very cliched film that f follows that formula. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> um, but anyways, continue with, with what you were saying before I jump back. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, f as far as I'm concerned, the chemistry... And I hate, I hate saying this because I actually think it's pretty awesome that the movie has like an interracial couple at the lead and it's no big deal. Like that was actually a source of controversy among assholes for this movie <laughs> like i actually have heard like people negatively saying like uh you know hollywood being so progressive or just terrible things that should not exist in 2015 yeah um, but i did not feel chemistry between will smith and margot robbie um i saw a little bit of it and maybe it's just her character in general that something about the time she's trying to be clever or the way she's being flirty like it just always felt very, very uh, pasted on to me. Like, it, it always felt a little phony and one-dimensional. And I I never really believed that Will Smith would agonize over her character. And I also never believed that she particularly liked him, except for respecting his craft. And, um, and, and that's, that's, okay, so that, that's one, that is where I think all the chemistry comes from, uh, mm -hmm. which is a weird statement to make. So, so, like, first of all, I will say that, like, the two people that have the honest to God best chemistry in this film that made me laugh every time they were speaking together was her and uh, Will Smith's friend. Um, forget the actor's name. The that Farad in the movie, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah that guy. Like <laughs> any moment they're just like riffing together, I thought was hilarious. They just yeah, I don't know. I felt like those moments were in another movie almost. <laughs> no, they were, but that, that that like it felt like. I like there there were people in the audience before the movie started who were having like stupid conversations like they were but for some reason I hated all those people in the crowd but like whenever they talked together it just seemed hilarious to me. <laughs> I don't know, I'm the only one, I guess. I I guess so. I kind of thought like they were the comic relief of the movie where out of nowhere like there'd be a blowjob joke or something. <laughs> And it was like, oh, okay. Well, I think it was just that, like, the the one guy, what was his name, Farad? Is that what you said? Yeah, was? Farad, yeah. I think. So the, the Farad character, he's so gross that, like, you would expect her to be super offended by it. But instead, she just, like, laughs and gets, like, embarrassed. And I, I don't know. I, I just, for some... By, by the way, Farad, Farad, that's a good con man name. Oh, yeah, there you go. Mm -hmm. Think about that. It's like Saul Goodman and, like, Saul Goodman. Yeah, yeah. Anyways... <laughs> But no, I I found him to be a very likable character, and I liked the idea of her getting along with him. 
But yeah. again, I don't know. It's just her chemistry with everyone in the film fell kind of flat to me. And I think it's because I couldn't tell if she was supposed to be a femme fatale character or if she was supposed to be a sort of protagonist that I'm seeing the world through or how how I was supposed to empathize with her. Because I was getting a little bit of both. I was getting like the damsel in distress. I was getting the unattainable girl. I was getting the apprentice looking at a mentor. I was getting all of these vibes and I couldn't really nail down who her character was. And I know in service to the story, you're kind of supposed to not know everything about her. Yeah. But that still made made the interactions with her feel feel like movie moments that were kind of out of place. And they would they would be paid off somewhat by the end, but not not to the point where the movie I was watching before didn't still feel like it was treading kind of dull ground. Well, so, so here's here's the way I viewed it and why I think that specifically her chemistry with Will Smith is 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 good. And it may not be your classic like, you know, the, it's 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 not the the like uh, the the sappy films that we like type of chemistry. It's like this other weird non-normal chemistry. But like both these characters exist in a world where they have to constantly lie to um to survive, right? Like that they make their livings, they they survive in this world by lying, by working people over. And it's sort of like these two people who can't trust each other, a word each other says, or any sort of thing that they go through, they the only thing they can trust is the sort of like tradecraft of the con world and, and the skills that they both have. So it's like in a world where you have to throw out all your like emotional ties to things because at any moment those things can betray you the fact that they are like you know finding love in this weird world is like i don't know to me it felt interesting because i could see their their allure to each other um without like one of them feeling constantly being screwed over at every moment like it rather than seeing one of them as like this villain who's totally just trying to con the other one or lie to them or every word is just false like they are connecting outside of the context of just those like fake promises or the words they're using with each other like they are literally just just purely like enjoying what they're doing celebrating the uh achievements that they're doing together and then you know having plain uh flirting with each other like it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't about promises they were making each other it wasn't about rescuing each other from something it wasn't about um escaping the world like that they're in together. It was just about them enjoying each other's time together. And there's something about that, that I really thought was, was interesting. And then like, for some reason it just made me vibe with them. And like, yeah. So what, what I find interesting about that is in hindsight with all the cards on the table, I can see that flirtationship being reasonable, like being true to the characters. But while the film is playing out and the stakes that it's kind of setting for itself, it w- it wasn't something that could propel me forward, I guess. Like, it's something that only in hindsight could I look at it and say that was well done. In in the moment, there was still all these moments of romance where I'm thinking, like, Jesus, why are they doing this? How am I supposed to believe this moment? And, like, you're not supposed to believe all the moments, but... Yeah, and, and, and that that's actually... The, the, the thing that I wanted to talk about in spoilers is the missing payoff from this film about the mm-hmm. relationships that that scene that i'm not ready to talk about yet um that is where the wrapping up of all of this would have actually mattered but the film chooses to go in a different direction um but to explain that i have to lay out the context of that scene um mm-hmm. but yeah i don't know i just for me for me it kind of worked and like the 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 comment you made about uh about the the performance of the female lead is like i think you can't judge when she's interacting with will smith you have to judge like the scenes where she's we're viewing her as like a camera that doesn't exist in that world like at the end Mm -hmm. of that first the end of the first scene where she's just sitting in a car like acting to herself like nobody she's she's not trying to play anybody because she's the only one in the car at that moment so it's not like you can't argue that she's being false because it's only to her, her to herself. Like there are scenes like that where her reaction to only herself is enough to show that there is something there that isn't being part of a con. Um, so I, I I don't know. I, I think there's like enough little seeds of true 
emotional resonance in the film that I at least wanted. Maybe I was like doing like the thing our brain does where it fill in, fills in the gaps with what little information we have. I, I was like white and gold when it was clearly blue and black. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, damn it. Don't, don't, don't draw me into that. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, anyways, that, that's, that's, that's my, that's my feelings about that. Yeah, I, I can see that. And I don't, I don't mean to suggest that she does a poor acting job. Like, I actually think she did quite well. And the the scene in the car that you mentioned is a good example of her her showing her chops in this movie. Yeah. There was just... I, I felt like the... Especially because of the lack of a real payoff, the movie, it felt like it was setting up a grand arc regarding these two characters and their feelings for each other. And that aspect of the arc didn't feel propelled by their behavior or anything that we knew about them. And again, just like the other scenes that you're going to edit or bleep out, um, <laughs> that falling flat is probably intentional. Like I, I can see where that comes from, but kind of like the Kingsman in, intention doesn't always make it translate into like a, an immersive time for me. Yeah. Um, with that said though, like, Again, I thought this movie had way more good moments than I was expecting. Like, I totally agree. The first act, if the movie were to end right after that uh, that first con, I would be thinking this is a pretty great movie. Like, yeah. for one thing, it was it was short, so it was very <laughs> tight. But like the the scenes of them doing the con for the first time, where everyone is in on it, that was just like really wonderfully done. And I know it's probably cheesy and unrealistic, but that that totally had the the joy of watching anything in an oceans movie or in uh you know and a blank job movie or yeah. all of these heist type films where you see all the pieces working together yeah and, um, and 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 that that it's badass in the moment but in real life if if there was a team of 30 people doing this stuff they can't like if you're the person having stuff stolen from, yeah, they can misdirect you. But if you're just sitting there and you see like this, this like orchestrated team of 30 people surround somebody and like 40 of them all switch objects, like people who are not having their stuff stolen would see this in real life. So, so it definitely is, is very filmic in that sense, but it's still just awesome. You want to know the one weird, almost douchey thing that took me out of this movie? <laughs> what? The stakes at least toward the beginning, the stakes are like $1 million. And I was thinking in my head after talking to investors and stuff like that, like a million's not that much money. <laughs> <laughs> and I know that's ridiculous. Like Will Smith even explains that they're doing a bunch of small jobs that pay the bills rather than doing one giant, uh, you know, they're not stealing like a, a billion dollar diamond or something. Yeah, but but that's that's the thing though. Is if 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 you think about it, like I I love that plan because a for first a first of all, um, it, it it's it's that it, it as you said they're making up in a volume as a, as opposed to doing like a few like really really big cons. But what that what that allows for is you get to go someplace and just sort of enjoy your time there <laughs> like mm -hmm. like it may, maybe a million dollars isn't a lot for like you know if you're gonna like do some thing like you know rob a bank or something that it's gonna be much more difficult people are probably gonna die it's gonna be difficult to get out of it without getting caught like a million dollars isn't gonna be enough to make that worth it especially if you have a team of 30 people splitting it but if you were literally just hanging out at a place that you kind of want to hang out at and you're able to like snag a million dollars over the course of a weekend or whatever it is. Like I, I think that's pretty good, especially considering you could do one of those a month. Seems oh, I, I, I fully believe it being a great gig. It's more when it tries to portray the stakes of possibly losing that as being harrowing. Yeah. That that I I was a little taken out of the moment because I was like, oh, I know some people at Google make more than that. <laughs> but, it, but it was also it was also not Will Smith that was worried about those stakes. That's so, true. So it was the, the it was, you know, the newest recruit was, was the one that was talking about like that's that's one point whatever million dollars. Like that's my money too. Like so it's I think that your people are safer. <laughs> like like You're right. The, yeah. <laughs> minor minor aside. That <laughs> That isn't actually a criticism of the movie. I just was realizing just, like how, do, how douchey I've become that yeah. that was something I was thinking about. Exactly. You wanted people to know that million dollars, not so much. I, I just wanted them to know that, you know, I've transcended money now. <laughs> I was, 
I was just rereading comments on our site, uh, on, on our, our, our podcast page in iTunes, hoping that somebody actually gave us a beer to drink. Um, and of course, nobody did. But I found the one comment where somebody called you pretentious. Yep. I hope they're still listening. I hope they are. Uh, I'm, I'm really sorry. I'm right there with you. Uh, Ryoku, is that the one? I, I, I don't remember. I'm right there with you, buddy. I feel the same. Well, you're not right there with him. You're probably like several floors above him, but... Oh, yeah, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Sipping scotch, madman style, yeah. and you, you would never secretaries on the ass. You, you would never be right there with him, but... Oh, you no, know, no. But you might visit, have somebody take you by in a limo or something. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, should, we, should we get to our verdicts then so that we can talk about this last scene? Yeah, I mean, I, I wonder what Carson would think of this. But unfortunately, he's not here, so we'll never know. <laughs> we should check in with Carson real fast, though. Uh, well, there isn't a whole lot to say about Focus other than uh, it's slick but empty. Uh, I enjoyed uh, writer-directors Glenn Ficarra and John Requa's previous films, uh, Crazy Stupid Love and I Love You, Philip Morris. But uh, this movie has about two good scenes, and that's it. I mean, as far as con movies go, there's a plethora of other better films than this. Uh, Ridley Scott's Magic Men was one that frequently came to mind when I, uh, you know, when I wasn't thinking about what I was going to eat for lunch when the movie ended. Uh, we've got, you know, we've got nice looking movie stars, Will Smith and Margot Robbie paired up with uh, marginal chemistry. And the opening sequences are somewhat made better by their presence, but it's all rather banal stuff. I mean, we've got Big Willie's master con man teaching newbie Robbie the fundamentals of a con is to focus. What? No way. And uh, so the aforementioned two scenes I liked were in the first part of the film. Uh, One was the montage where their crew is working together to pickpocket unsuspecting tourist in new orleans uh that scene is nicely shot and it's fun um but two the 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 big scene where smith and robbie make bets with dr Wu from jurassic park at the super bowl that's hands down the best scene of the whole movie uh by far and uh after that the movie flash forwards three years and it's all downhill from there uh this is where i got really bored and started thinking of lunch and uh Nick Cage yelling, Bullshit, man! Prefects! Uh, At a poor pharmacist. You know, uh, Focus could have used a dose of Cage energy. I mean, Smith is literally playing a character who acts in his nickname, Mellow. I mean, that's lame. Why? Why hire Big Willie uh, when he's just going to be subdued? I mean, he's fine in the role, but that extra jolt of Will Smith energy is what this needed. It's just boring. And I've seen a lot of people say that this is a step in the right direction for Smith after After Earth, uh, but I disagree. I, I think After Earth was bad, sure, but it was memorably bad and strange, and I'd much rather see memorably bad and strange over something predictable and bland, uh, especially if Big Willie talked in that accent. I mean, can you imagine if he did the After Earth accent for this movie? He'd be like, fear is a choice. And you must focus. I I don't know. That's all I got. But I think that would have been a lot a lot more entertaining. So um, focus. I'm gonna give a pass with caveat. Um, yeah, there's a lot of lot better things out there than this movie. So yep, that's all. Uh, all right. So that's what Carson thought about the film. Uh, I either agree with him or, or disagree. And, say, and I'm probably in between. <laughs> that's usually how it goes in the show. But um, thank you for letting us drop that clip in, Carson. And uh, he's not in the bathroom, by the way. <laughs> no, not this week. No, we just had a snafu as far as scheduling went. So uh, no worries there. So anyways, ready to get to our verdict, Stephen? Yeah, I'm ready. All right. If you're going to give this a must-see, recommend with a caveat, wait for rental, pass with a caveat, or must-avoid, what would you give it? So I've, I've been thinking about... This is one of those things that is teetering for me between a recommend with a caveat and a strong rental in that it was a very... It was a solid film. I have a lot of trouble thinking someone's going to really not like it, but I also see enough flaws with it and in the pacing that I can't... 
I can't fully champion it. Uh, but I'm in a good mood today. I'm, I'm going to give it a recommend with a caveat. I think it did lack a little bit of focus, <laughs> unfortunately, <laughs> um, occasionally. And I also thought it was a little overexposed. Like it showed too much of its hands, uh, too many of its hands too often. Like it, it told us things that we didn't need to know just for the wow factor. Yeah. Um, but with that said, it really was a, a very stylish, fun film to watch. And it had that kind of like confidence that I think people strive to have more when they have a movie like this. But I don't know. Will Smith still has it. Like Will Smith, <laughs> he still can convince me that he is a brilliant, conniving, charismatic dude that you want to follow to the end of the earth. Uh, not after <laughs> Earth, just to the end of it. Just to the end of it. Uh, so yeah, it's a it's a fun movie, a, a fluff movie. Like I don't think I'm gonna remember it in a few months, but for a way to spend a couple hours, it's pretty solid. Yeah, um, I, I I had an incredible time watching it. Um, it's it's not really better than a uh, recommend with a caveat. Like I don't think it's gonna have staying power in the back of my head, um, but. I will say that, like, if that if, if that first con alone was the pilot episode for a show, like, they would have me as a viewer for as long as that show can stay on the air, because I, I thought that was incredible fun. Um, you know, the whole, the whole film worked for me on the whole, um, even with my little bit of complaints, uh, but I, it, it's one of those films where I, though I don't have any true negatives to like try to prevent somebody from seeing the film i don't feel necessarily that like like you're not you're not missing anything if you don't see the film but if you see it i as you as steven said like i think you'd be hard pressed to not enjoy yourself during the film so that's sort of how i feel about that so one one side story before we go into the spoiler section um unless you were going to say more no, no no go ahead go ahead okay so I was watching this in uh, LIMAX last night. Like, the worst LIMAX I've ever seen. It literally looked no different from a regular screen. The real question is, when you went in, did you think it was going to be real LIMAX? Or did... I, I mean, I knew it wasn't <laughs> going to be amazing, because this particular theater isn't known for that. I was just, uh, AMC I was just trying Van to see Ness. if they conned you. <laughs> no, no was, they didn't. It was, it was just a joke. I wasn't actually... <laughs> no, but they did. They kind of conned, only because I didn't know you could call something an IMAX when it literally looks the same. Oh, gotcha. Um, but one thing about IMAX is you have reserved seating typically when you order, um, okay. at least up around here. So I had reserved a seat, like, you know, my favorite seat in the center with the rail in front of you, but as far back as you can get. Um, and there was like a crowd of old people, like 60 to 70 sitting there. And so I was like, I was nice. I sat in the sidelines instead. But then throughout the movie, whenever a con would happen, they would all just start laughing and loudly talking for 10 minutes of the uh. movie and for some reason it didn't really bother me because i felt like i wasn't missing much in the film <laughs> but it, it would just be like boy did you see that coming no i didn't think he was gonna do that at all that, <laughs> that was a mighty fine thing that the film just did <laughs> and i've never had that experience before of having like kindly people <laughs> talk during a movie that is weird i i, I will say just it, it's not along those same lines but when the film was over, two separate people, both in the in, in the the uh, the row behind me, like as the 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 first credits start to appear, two people on either side, both earshot, like they went, "What? That's it? Like it was a complete story? Like <laughs> I don't like I get when things like the Hunger Games end, and you're like, "What? That's not even a full arc? Like what what the hell just happened? Like this when this film ends, like first of all." It's not a short movie. <laughs> like no. there, there's a lot that takes place. And like in order for them to do anything more than what they do at the point at which the credits start rolling, they'd have to set up a whole other thing and like there's no there's nowhere to go other than to start a brand new story after that. Maybe they were hoping for an epilogue where Will and Margot have a kid that they name Albus Severus Potter <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> Ten years later, I don't know. I have no idea what more you could want. I know what more you could want, but I don't know what more you would want to salvage at the very end of the movie. Yeah. Like, you, you can maybe have uh, uh, them walking into a place where they're going to start a bunch of new cons or something like that. And just, like, having Will say something cheeky about, like, 
don't forget to focus or something like that. <laughs> but like, but like, there's no, there's no continuation of the story that that you could do in two minutes before you end the film. See, it, it should have ended with him being kind of like blurry, and the director is talking back and forth to him, and he's like, "Hey, man, remember to focus." <laughs> If you think about it, in this movie, they trick people by forcing them to focus on the wrong thing. Yeah. And in Men in Black, he tricks people by exposing them to bright light. <laughs> True. So there you go. Let's try it. You, you can cut that part out. It, it was the, the, uh, the, the real truth you know, in, in, in the film with so much lies is that in both, uh, in both Men in Black and this movie, he makes this shit look good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, let's wrap this up and then get to the spoiler. So, uh, Stephen, if people want to find you throughout the week, where can they do that? You can go to twitter.com slash sdavidmiller, letterbox.com slash sdavidmiller, or sdavidmiller.com. People can find me at christopherinreallife.com or twitter.com slash christopherirl. You can find the podcast over at thespoilerwarning.com where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. If you want to know when the episodes go live, you can follow us at twitter.com slash spoilerwarning or facebook.com slash thespoilerwarning. If you want to get hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at thespoilerwarning.com. You can use the contact form on our site, or you can leave us a voicemail at 760-575-4TSW. That's 760-575-4879. Music for this episode will uh, come from something from the soundtrack to this film, or a song that played in one of the trailers, if I can't find the soundtrack. And uh, yeah, that music is playing now. It's going to fade up, and when it fades out, we're going to be in spoiler territory. We're going to talk about a scene towards the end of the film. So if you haven't seen it yet, uh, you might want to avoid. You might want to just say goodbye now and see us next time. Um, so thanks for joining me, Stephen. Anytime. And uh, thanks for joining us, Carson. Ah, you're not here. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you guys next time. Okay, so we are back. We are in spoiler territory. This is the after show for the Spoiler Warning Podcast. We are going to be spoiling a major development towards the end of Focus. So if you haven't seen the film yet, you should probably not stay here. Um, but if you have, you can join us. Or if you just don't care, we're going to be talking about it. So, Stephen, what I wanted to talk about is, uh, you know, the big climax of the film. You get uh, our leads zip-tied to chairs. Mm -hmm. The con has gone wrong. And uh, basically, the, the shit is hitting the fan. Their for the first time, their lives are actually in danger. And uh, Will Smith has got to uh, either truth his way out of a bag or lie his way out of the bag. We don't really technically know at that moment what he's going to try to do. But uh, he kind of confesses, quote unquote, the events that allowed him to get this, the guy from the race car company's magic code that makes his car drive more efficiently or whatever um so in that scene uh uh what's the girl's name again mar, mar is it margot you mean the mar actress yeah actress. margot robbie margot robbie so margot robbie's got duct tape over her mouth she can't respond but will smith has this idea that he can tell this lie um to at least get her uh, scot-free out of the situation like hey it wasn't her fault i did this on my own i used her she wasn't actually a part of my con you should let her go if you had to kill me that's cool so he is like literally literally putting everything on the line um and he's saying these things that are very bad like for them emotionally together if they're actually trying to work out this relationship together so you know there's been a bunch of scenes where he is trying to like the film is trying to communicate that he actually cares for her um, the film is trying to communicate from her side that she cares for him but can't trust him at all. And in order to attempt to save her life, he is going to basically say, yeah, I don't really give a shit about her. I totally used her and tricked her into liking me so that I could exploit her to get this from you. So, like, in order to save her, he has to theoretically emotionally crush her. And, like, she's got duct tape of her mouth so she can't respond. She's crying. You want to assume that those tears are for the words that possibly he's saying. Um, the reveal comes that she's mostly crying because he's making up some shit because he thought that she was with the race car dude, but she wasn't. It was all part of a con she was doing on the side. So like 
the film's emotional center, like the stuff that I said worked for me during the during the film, kind of all hinges on this moment where like is he going to be able to convince to her that like I was just saying these things because it meant trying to save your life. Um but like in my head at the time, I'm thinking like, oh damn, like this is like that was his one chance to like win her back and now he fks it up because he's gonna be essentially saying that he doesn't care about her, blah, blah, blah. So I'm like, I'm like wrapped up in the emotional center of this scene. And then it turns out it's all a big con on the audience Mm -hmm. because they're going to do this big reveal, which basically nullifies any of the emotional aspect of that scene. And they just have this like funny, uh, funny in air quotes, I guess, because it's tragic in a sense. But like then the reveal happened. They're basically fighting about the fact that like they're lying to each other. And it's sort of almost like a ha ha moment in the context of they're probably going to die now. Um, yeah it's like a mr and mrs smith type thing. yeah yeah exactly so it's like that is where like up until that moment i would be like arguing like steven like how could you say there's no chemistry in this film and then that sort of like deflates all of my arguments in a way because those and, emotional and, beats hang on that and, and that's the thing is that that scene in particular so much about the reveals and the stakes that they set up because they felt like double crossing the audience like a third or fourth time, you know, there are a few yeah. things that happen in that scene. Uh, like he lays out his plan. She reveals that she wasn't actually with the guy. Then his dad steps in and shoots him. Uh, and like, I think for most people, probably by the time he gets shot, everyone can already tell what that reveal is. Um, yeah. And all of that just means that whole scene almost didn't matter like all like uh, at least i don't understand what drove everyone to behave the way they did and and even throughout the movie before that like i think it wanted to have a sort of prestige type feeling where you look back at the movie and feel like this makes it all make more sense and i don't know there are a lot of character moments that don't make sense with that dynamic anymore well it's but (laughs) once again this is the strength and the weakness of the film because that scene is the equivalent to the the Super Bowl scene because the she is the one who's not in on it. Like mm-hmm. her the whole thing is sold by her reaction to things because if she doesn't react properly, the whole veil of the lie comes down and like it'll be obvious what's going on. So it's like she is the one who's once again left out of the loop. She's not part of the inner circle, but she's being played. Well, I forget what he called it. Like it's the white rabbit or white. What, what was the, it? It was, some, it was something more effeminate than that, but I can't remember. <laughs> yeah, it was. There, there, there was some, like, wait, white pigeon? <laughs> dove? Yeah, white little dove? white little white ducky. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever he referred to her, that she was like, what? I'm the, huh? Um, that, that, uh, yeah, like, like she's not in on it. That's why it works. So it, it's, it's not too weird because it, it definitely is paid off by that fact in the previous scene like she is being conned to get her that place but will smith knows for me the other weird part of that scene is that like when he's like all right i'm gonna tell the truth now and then his dad shoots him like i was i really wanted to hear what the truth was because at that point i was already suspecting that the like i didn't realize that it was his dad at that point but i thought he was in on it and i thought that the reason he shot him was because he was like because when he's like so a couple weeks ago i got this call and then he gets shot. I'm like, oh, snap. The other guy's in on it. Um, but I didn't think he was doubly in on it. So it was, mm-hmm. I don't know. And what, what's weird, like, so, okay, so she's in the dark in that scene. But she has also been conning him, making him believe that she is with the rich guy uh, to, I guess, make him jealous or to get back at him. Yeah, but that was hardly a con. That was just like typical women no, stuff. No, no, no. But, right? but think about it, because the whole reason he gets caught in the end is because he waited in the hotel room way longer because he thought this was his one chance to get her, like, yeah. to have her escape this guy. And at that point, she knows, like, he really likes her. And she also knows she isn't connected to this guy at all. She can just walk away. She can fly anywhere. Yeah, but so, I, I think that she legitimately wanted to be with him, but she was, like, she was just playing hard to get. <laughs> I guess. I just mean that that final scene... Like, the whole reason he gets caught is because he waited to rescue her when she easily at that moment could have, like, I don't know. I guess she didn't know that he was on the verge of getting caught. But 
otherwise she could have easily just said hey by the way let's meet in new york don't like don't risk your life to wait up for me right now yeah and i, and I don't think that uh i don't think that she knew that he had 20 million <laughs> instead of 1 million in yeah. his car it also retroactively um makes the scene with his dad when when uh when she's hiding on the balcony or she's creeping around and his dad is trying to catch her it makes that scene feel a little funny like i i get that you can look at his uh his assholeness again as being kind of teasing his son but i don't know the level to which will smith is trying to hide him from seeing her I don't yeah. understand why he's going to that length because she isn't always watching. Like this is just between the two of them for much of the for much of that scene, and there's all of these fake stakes of if he finds out she's there, then they're dead. That were a con on the audience, but I'm not sure that the characters make sense <laughs> if you actually consider that that's what's happening in that moment. Yeah, I agree. I'm trying in my head. I'm like trying to rationalize it. Um, like. You weren't putting me on the spot, but I was like, no, I'm going to defend this somehow. Mm. And I'm trying to think. And there, there is some, yeah, because he's definitely, if they were meeting, you would think that they would be meeting to talk about the thing that they're doing together. But mm -hmm. at the, in the context, they're not. It's very yeah. adversarial. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is fine as a show for the audience and maybe as a show for her, but she is not around all the time and the look in will smith's eyes like that isn't something she would be privy to which makes it a little strange unless, I, I don't know unless it's literally like because he does start by like saying like you're not awake already like what the hell is wrong with you it like it could be literally a a son trying to step to his father type like you're not my dad <laughs> you, yeah. know, you know what i mean like it, it, we're we are reading into it that he is um just upset or whatever but um okay so so two more things one <laughs> right. i'm not as cool as it was even though it was kind of predictable i'm not convinced that the dad needed to shoot will smith to get out of that scenario like the dad is a trusted guy with a gun and the three of them are on the verge of being caught by one person like one rich dude and you would think there would be so many ways to try to escalate the situation of saying, like, you know, shoot at Will Smith and then say, hey, get out of here. I got this or something. Well, I, Unless I, he's really trying to keep his cover for later in life, like 20 mi million euros isn't good enough. I, I, I think that what it all comes down to is if he were just going to beat the shit out of Will Smith, um, the, the other guy would stick around. Mm -hmm. But by shooting him that guy now needs his own like plausible deniability. So as soon as that gun went off, he was like, I'm out of here. You take care of this. I don't want to know anything. Like, don't ever mention this again. Like, right. I, 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 I just mean, know. you'd think there would be other ways to make him have that reaction without shooting a guy in the chest yeah. or like using squibs or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like if they were both in on it, then have, yeah. a, have a fake gun and then have Will Smith's reaction be fake. Well, that, that, that was the thing is like when, when Margot Robbie's like on top of him, like, no, don't leave me again and stuff. I thought for sure. He's like, all right, I won't. Like I, I expected him to like, just like get up all of a sudden and be like, okay, fine. But yeah, I, yes, I love you. <laughs> I didn't think it was real. Even, even though the turn of the dad character in that moment and the voice he starts using was like, even if you saw it coming, it was still pretty, pretty fun to watch. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, the other part oh yeah so what is the truth like how did he actually get the data or are we just not supposed to know uh, oh it, it was it was the dad because the dad has been in with him the whole time okay so I, I don't think there was anything like sleuthy that he did i think the whole thing was just that like he had a guy on the inside mm -hmm. um so yeah. Okay, that that makes the dynamic of the scene make a little more sense. Why the dad would have to shoot him first? Yeah, because like in 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 context, if let, let's pretend that the initial lie that Will Smith is telling is was the truth, and, and that there was some sort of I mean, I don't I don't think that you can just have a Wi-Fi card in a necklace that will just hack any device within Wi-Fi range. No, I was so hoping that wasn't true because it's absurd science. Yeah, everybody and knows there would be so many easier ways to do it than put it in her necklace. Yeah, everybody knows that it has to be a magnet that you stick to the outside of the tower. I mean, yeah. duh, come on, simple, simple television logic. Mm -hmm. um, but anyways, in all seriousness, like if if that device really exists, um, then 
since that guy is always in close proximity to him anyways, he could have just given him like a ring or a thing to put in his jacket or, you know what I mean? Like, and, and, and exactly. The, the, the technology could have been passed there easier than having to have her go up to the room. So, yeah. And the, the other final thing, this is an example of a, an aspect of the film that bothered me until the ending because they kind of explained it. But for most of the movie was still bothering me is what are the odds that she would be there and be married to this dude three years later in another country <laughs> for no reason? Like well, that, well, she wasn't married to him. Uh, I mean, t- together with him. And I know at the end, then you find out she was conning him and that's why they're both there. Yeah. But until that moment <laughs> throughout the whole film, you're supposed to have Will Smith believe this like unbelievable coincidence just happened. I, I don't know. It, it's just an example of like, the way the movie was framed and plotted made it so some of the things that they reveal, they undid what felt like w- dumb plot devices, but that that didn't keep them from still feeling unbelievable for like an hour while I was watching them. Yeah, I, I, I can only assume, and this is just an assumption, that the idea would be that uh, since she did have, she got to start with that $80,000 or whatever, that she would use that. I know that if a million isn't a lot, then 80000 definitely isn't a lot, yeah. but... uh that she would use that to go to places where there would be like, I mean, where else are you going to find uh, men that have $200,000 watches than uh, people who race cars for a living? So she, I'm assuming she would just like go to where the next big race is and like hang around, hang out around there mm-hmm. in hopes to like, like, you know, cause the, the, the father keeps referring to her as a race slut or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so was it slut? What was the word that they used? It was something like that. Yeah. So anyway, I just didn't. I didn't know if I was saying it like worse. I didn't want to get like flack for like coming up with that <laughs> name on my own. Um, but uh, uh, race skank. That was the word. Race, race skank. skank. Um, but uh, I'll just pretend like the chat room gave us that, as if we have live. <laughs> That's race skankist. We should... That's race skankist. Oh, anyways, very nice. Um, so I'm assuming that like. There are gaggles of women that just follow around these racers. And she just did that until she found one that had a $200,000 watch, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I, I guess so. I don't know. It, that, that seemed like the least of this film's cause. Yeah, I think the, the summary in general is that this one moment, which could only have been like a five to ten minute scene, they cram so many reveals into it that I think your your con fatigue is exactly right. It's like a you get tired of being lied to so much. Like they're not spread out and without a payoff, it's just like beating you over the head with boom, we're clever, boom, we're clever, boom, we're clever, boom. Okay. The movie's over. Yeah. Like it starts to approach uh, M night Shyamalan territory where you're like, okay, we get it. Yeah. Someone, we get it. Someone's actually dead or <laughs> you're so much better than we are. And especially like, cause this is kind of a film, one of those films that pulls the trick on the audience that it is explaining to everyone. Kind of like the prestige, right? Where, this movie is supposed to be about you are focusing on the wrong thing and the real story is happening in the background. Yeah. But it is a movie that they're making. So so you can't focus on the right thing. Like they're walking you through this lie to reveal it at the end. Yeah. yeah. So it, it doesn't have that same like sleight of hand trick feeling that you think it should earn. Yeah. It's, it, it's basically that game. It, it, it's basically the con they, they played for the football game where like they've been conditioning us the whole movie <laughs> by yeah. showing us all these things. Mm-hmm. I did really like the reveal of like of that. Like it was, because like like we said, not not to extend this any longer than we have to. But like at that moment, I totally thought like he was gonna he's gonna lose all the money. Not only has he lost that money, but he's in even more. And mm-hmm. then that was gonna start the downward spiral of like where they were going. So like once it came out that that was all just part of the con, um, it was one of those like smile and clap kind of moments yeah because it not only is he gonna lose the money but she's in it now too and she's gonna be in danger yeah and he's gonna have to rescue her yeah you can you can see this whole cliched movie playing out from that scene and when they do turn the tables i think my clap was half that was clever and half a relief of oh thank god we're not watching that movie Well, like, I kept, I kept waiting for something to go wrong. I was like, stuff can't go right the whole movie. Like, what, what's wrong with this crap? That was a risky move, though, because how did he know she was going to use the binoculars to see every player and find find the right one? Well, 
she, like if she is just randomly guessing and she thinks it's completely useless yeah well at, at first i was like at first i thought he was just totally relying on her instinct like because earlier in the scene he's like oh i've never seen a girl with that much instinct or whatever mm-hmm. <laughs> like he had some lines was your instinct yeah so like I, I was sort of like just expecting him to be like oh, nope she's lucky <laughs> she's lucky because because that point i thought he really had a problem Mm-hmm. Um, Me too. I thought it was a like one-dimensional, terribly portrayed problem. Yeah, I was like, this is like worse I than was like, owning oh, Mahoney no. or something. This is him struggling with addiction. This is so terrible. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, that that reveal definitely made me respect the film a lot more. It yeah. made me know not only was it capable of clever plotting, but it was capable of recognizing what would have been really stupid and leading us up to the precipice of it before turning the tables. Well, that's what, what's, what's so funny about that, though, is that, like, on the reveal of who the player is, I, they had me at that dude. Like, I was done. Like, you had me. But then when they, like, talk about the setup, like, everything mm-hmm. down to, like, the tramp stamp on the hooker they sent to the room, like, yeah. that, <laughs> that was hilarious. <laughs> that was pretty good. Though I gotta say, how... It's the Super Bowl. Everyone is watching. Do you really think a random fat Persian dude can just dress up as a player and stand on the field? Well, he, he was like the only player who wasn't facing the field. Okay, I guess so. Also, like, he... just nobody notices. Oh, who is that guy? <laughs> well, that was the great thing where like he, he's like, he's like, your debt is paid to the coach or whoever the hell that guy was. Uh-huh. Um, I, I thought that was like that made it extra funny because at first you're just like, how did they sneak him in there? And then it turns out that they were like helping absolve a debt of somebody on the actual staff of that team and that's why he got to hang out down there Mm -hmm. (laughs) anyways yep good scene in the movie (laughs) (laughs) that scene in the beginning of the film great (laughs) wonderful all right we should probably get headed out we probably need to we're losing focus yep and so are our listeners (laughs) all right see you guys later bye here's your (laughs) 80,000 thanks Never love